TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 480, and I am Olivia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue and live in Hollywood. This is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yu Sun, calling in from Los Angeles, costume designer and TV enthusiast. Woohoo! Let's start off with the news. First up, which is like major news, is that Wonder Woman 1984, the wait will not be forever. We actually get to see it, all those with HBO Max, get to see it on uh, December 25th. Merry Christmas to us. And they said it's also opening in theaters, but I was like, what theaters are open? There are, are they... some theaters still open, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, but, uh, I get to see it in the comfort of my home with my 55 inch television and super 7.1 surround sound. So I will be happy. I mean, it's not going to be the same as seeing an IMAX, but well, it's still going to be nice. Yeah. Too, too bad, uh, HBO Max doesn't broadcast in 4K or 7.1 surround sound. Oh, that's right! It's true, it's not 4K. Oh, yeah. the horror! The horror! How will I ever I... watch this movie? I'm wondering if they're going to do Disney. a moratorium on trial subscriptions like Disney Plus did when Hamilton came. Oh, yeah. That's true. But, oh, man. I'm And I, and I like in the subject, like, we will not be charging you extra. And I was like, they're talking to you, Disney. Um, so I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, next piece of news I have is that The Last of Us has been greenlit for yep. series at HBO. Because I think they had a pilot that they were showing, but now it's been greenlit for series. Um, Black Lightning, it will end at season four, right after they gave the news that it was spinning off. But apparently the spinoff is, because I was like, how are we going to have that many superhero shows on television? So there's your answer. Uh, And that's all the news that I found in my travels. Tom? I've got more. Um, ABC ABC has ordered an untitled multicam sitcom with Alec Baldwin and Kelsey Grammer and a yet-to-be-cast third uh, lead. It will be about three friends who didn't get along when they were were younger and roommates, and now they're older and also roommates. Uh, Alfre Woodard is going to star in a limited series about civil rights activist Fannie Lou Hamer. Jonathan Price, Lawrence Fishburne are joining Chris Pine in the cast of All the Old Knives, an Amazon original. Apple TV Plus has announced that Mariah Carey's magical Christmas special drops on the... Sorry. All I want for Christmas is a new Mariah Carey's Christmas special. (laughs) Um, Fox is rebooting Name That Tune with Jane Krakowski hosting and Randy Jackson as band leader. Conan O'Brien is going to end his TBS series next year and have a weekly one on HBO Max. HBO Max ordered an Ava DuVernay-produced series DMZ based on a graphic novel with Rosario Dawson and uh, Benjamin Bratt starring. Netflix has announced that the Cowboy Bebop live-action cast will include Jeff Stoltz and Tamara Tooney. The Colin Kaepernick limited series about his uh, formative years has added Mary Louise Parker and Nick Offerman to the cast. 
Sean Levy's action film The Atom Project adds Zoe Saldana and Jennifer Garner, who join Ryan Reynolds, and Levy, who also produces executive produces Stranger Things, has signed a first-look deal for films and an expanded television pack. Uh, UK comedian London Hughes has booked her first stand-up special for Netflix, and Adam Conover, as in Adam Hates, Adam Ruins Everything, and Barack and Michelle Obama's Higher Ground Productions have teamed up for a new series, The G Word, with Adam Conover. It's going to be a sketchcom slash documentary hybrid. And finally, Nickelodeon has will continue to carry Friends on Nick at Night due to a deal between Viacom, CBS, and Warner Media. Okay, but Friends is on HBO Max too, right? Right, but they've they brokered HBO Max has exclusive streaming rights, but uh, they brokered a deal to keep it on Nick at Night because it's a big draw. Okay, all right. Let's start off with the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Big Sky, which is a new show on what network? ABC. ABC, and I wanted proof of concept. Because it got it got spoiled, like the reviews were not good, and then the big bad. twist. It's got over sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, so it's still fresh. And but and then they spoiled the big. I was reading through the trays, and they spoiled the big twist, and so I was like, "Kyle uh, Bunbury blabbed on Good Morning America." Wow! So she will not be cast in a Marvel movie anytime soon. <laughs> well, that has to stop Tom Holland. He bl- or Mark Ruffalo. Both of them spoil stuff like crazy. Uh, but what, 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 tell me why I should be watching this show. Well, I'll be interested to see what happens. Basically, they set up this uh, romantic triangle between Kylie Bunbury from Pitch and Brave New World, uh, Catherine Winnick from Vikings, who played Lagertha, and I adore her, and then um, Ryan Philippe. And so they're investigating uh, Ryan Philippe and Catherine Winnick's son's girlfriend and her sister basically get abducted by this crazy trucker and they're held captive so they're missing and so Philippe is a private investigator he runs a, a, a firm he's a former cop runs a firm with Bunbury and he and Winnick are on the out so Bunbury and uh, and Philippe have been hooking up and then of course Catherine Winnick and Ryan Philippe fall back into bed together so you got this nice, juicy, romantic, ro- romantic triangle, and then you've got um, character actor. I'm blanking on his name, but older dude um, as a like a deputy sheriff or whatever, or sheriff something, whatever. Blah blah blah. I'm blah, waiting blah. for the hook. Nothing that you have said has sounded interesting. So, kind of. <laughs> oh, you've watched worse, woman. <laughs> at the very at the very end of the at the very end of the first episode the girls are missing held captive by this crazy trucker and then um Philippe enlists the help of the uh the the slightly older uh, sheriff dude and then the sheriff dude shoots Philippe dead in the truck and then calls the trucker and said you're getting sloppy and that was the end of the pilot and I'm like Holy crap! You just killed Wait, basically. The, your... Philippe's on the poster. Yeah, yeah, and he gets killed in the pilot. They pull the, the Ned Stark, but in the first the episode, show, and then they kill one of the three leads at the end of the pilot. Oh, so is it time travel? No, no, no. they killed no. him. He's dead. This He's is dead. how you didn't understand Ned Stark's head got chopped off. It's the same idea. They kill the lead, except for Ned Stark. Du- b- 
lost his head in episode eight or nine, and this is episode one. Right. I'm just saying they're doing something similar to be shocking and like, oh my god, what's happening? It, Except, like I said, the shock got spoiled for me, so then I was like, meh. To be fair, it is based on a book because tele- a lot of the a lot of the better television series, like a one Alex Ryder that we'll be talking about later, comes <laughs> from books, and it was a terrible movie before. Oh, I didn't know it was a movie. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I like the cast. I like. I've always liked Kylie Bunbury, and I, I Catherine Winnick is. I've I've adored her since Vikings, and y'all sent me to cover her the Vikings at the uh, Comic Con that year. <laughs> so you had a and good time. She's gorgeous. I mean, the television series neither show does does her justice as how to how beautiful she is in real life. I will tell you that uh, Lothgar Rothberg. Ro- 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 I can't say his name. Um, uh, he's pretty pretty in person too. So yeah, he's funny too. Yeah. He was throwing grapes at our table. Yes, I remember. I was at the other table, but anyway, or maybe I was at another. Anyway, uh, so but I, I liked it. I'll, I'll tune into episode two because you know it's got. That's a good, a good shocker. Shock. That's a good shocker. And I and I want to know what's the deal with the apparently evil sheriff. Okay. All right. Well, next up, as you set up very aptly, we're going to talk about Alex Ryder. And the only reason I even this show is even on my radar is there's been ads for it everywhere. Like every page I go to, I get an Alex Ryder ad. So it's like, what the heck is this show? So I decided to check it out. And um, it's basically my pitch for any of you who haven't watched it. It's basically like the Kingsman, but if the Kingsman wasn't quite so silly funny like sing kingsman is very tongue-in-cheek and this is not tongue-in-cheek and i like the fact that when he gets recruited he's pretty much and i put recruited in parentheses if you couldn't hear it in my voice uh because he doesn't volunteer he basically gets blackmailed into basically oh yes he gets blackmailed into joining their secret group that's they're like we're more secret than mi6 uh yeah they they put a gun to his head and they're like you know and which is so and, and i do appreciate the at least the lip service of is this morally right to make a child go and do this and i was like no it's not well he's a teen he is a minor but he is a teenager yeah but there's a reason why they have an age limit for the military and that you also have to train them somewhat before you put them in danger they gave him like five seconds of training you can join the military at age 17 without parent, parental permission. You're still not helping much. The point is, <laughs> they, not, you're not the helping. A bad example, though. <laughs> I know. Uh, but anyway, it, I, I, just, I just appreciated their minimal lip service to the fact that he's a kid and they're putting him in this danger. Yeah, but he's smart and he's agile. so he's He is, guy. all those things, which is why I like watching him. He's really entertaining. I think the lead has a lot of charisma. He does, uh, and even if his first name is Otto. <laughs> is that his, I didn't even know what his first, his name, first was. name was. But I, I did like it. I like the setup because they show his normal life and him hanging out with his uncle and then all the steps leading up to his uncle's death, which, I mean, that happens pretty early. And I like how he figures out that something bigger is happening. All those things, like him, it shows how smart he is. I, it shows that he's putting puzzles together in his mind even when he doesn't realize he is and though i did think there was a point where when he follows that agent you know on his bike and he gets there and he rolls uh-huh. into the garage i was like now what 
Like, <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do now? <laughs> so he put himself in some really... I, I kind of was like, man, I would have thought about that before I rolled into that garage without knowing he's anything. On instinct, so. I know it was impulse, and he's a teenager, so I get it. But I was like, man, that was not right. That could have gone really badly. Uh, but what did you think of the show so far? No, I liked it. I thought it was really interesting too. I, I did a little, I did a little research, very little research, after watching the first couple episodes, and found out that each season is going to be a different book. Yeah, there's twelve books. There's twelve books. Which is the way to do it because the the movie did not work well according to all the critics <laughs> and IMDb, and having a season to do an entire book rather than trying to do a book in two hours, right? You know, you can you can do a a, a you can do a a book's narrative justice, but it's got a good cast. I like the kid; he's not annoying. He no. seems smart and and act, but it's still age appropriate, right? Because it's hard when you cast. You know, in that age range, you can get the ones who are actually 20-something trying to convince us they're younger and they are not. <laughs> or you can get somebody who's age-appropriate but not good, a good actor. And, he, and he, can, he can hold our attention. Yeah, he's got, the, he's got that charisma. Um, and so I really, I really did like it. I appreciate it. And I couldn't stop watching. I, I, just, I was like, someone stop me! And, and I, the theme I, song is terrific too. Oh yes, the theme song is great. Like I, I was, I found myself singing it. Like I was like, this is amazing. So I would <laughs> okay. highly recommend it. I've only got two episodes left. I watched the first four. Oh yeah. I, I watched the first four in two days, and uh, I made myself stop because there's only six episodes. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to consume it all. So I'm saving. I'm trying to save the last two for when we talk about it on the podcast. If I can manage that. Cool. Um, so let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Star Wars Lego Christmas. Or is it Christmas Lego? It's I don't the know. Lego this... Star Wars oh, special. special. Okay, there you go. That's what we're talking about. Um, so, Peter, you haven't talked yet. So what did you think, of uh, since you are our Star Wars resident expert? I'm not as much as I used to be, because I, I don't watch all the shows. Um, but... Uh, I liked it a lot, you know, as a person who who liked The Force Awakens a lot, loved Last Jedi, and then I was like, eh, Rise of Skywalker, it's all right. It's like, um, I... Peter, all of us were, eh, um, Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoyed, um, I, the, the I can't think of another example, but, like, basically, um, I feel, I felt like the holiday special was, you know, I don't know how how important that thing is. We're supposed to think of it as canon or anything, but like I like that it takes place after the sequel trilogy. So we're dealing, we're we're hanging out with our our main cast from the sequel trilogy, and then essentially they come up with an end game like scenario where uh, Ray has some kind of div- some kind of crystal thing that basically makes her pop into the highlights of the la- of the nine Star Wars movies. Um, and I just thought it was really funny and cute. I, I like seeing, and of course it's done in the Lego style. So I mean, I like that. I'm I'm not saying it's like super heavy or anything, but I don't know. I I, I had a I'll say this. I had a smile on my face the whole time, and I just I I thought um, whoever I thought it was Mark Hamill, but it's not Mark Hamill. Whoever was playing the Emperor, I thought was hilarious. Um, <laughs> this is no, my, no, the mug. The mug was like the best the thing. Scene. Yeah, he was like, uh, I got you this Christmas mug, the best emperor 
My right. favorite. He was like, I'm the only I'm emperor. emperor. <laughs> um, it was cool. No, it was, it was, I really, yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I'll say this. The biggest thing I would say, besides that I enjoyed it a lot, was that um, if they were to take those, whoever the voice actors were, because I know, I know Kelly Marie Tran actually was doing the voice of Rose, which was cool. But but like uh, Finn and Ray and Poe, it wasn't, it was just, I mean, I'm assuming other established voice actors, but it wasn't the actors from um, the original, the, the movies. But if they were to take that cast and they were to do a new, like kind of like uh, Star Wars Rebels or Clone Wars, where they're like, oh, let's do now a, uh, an animated thing with our, with, you know, Ray, Finn and Poe, like, yeah, it would be, like if it's that kind of thing, maybe not as goofy. Uh, I would totally be down. I I would be like I would be totally into that. So I really enjoyed it. You know, Resistance does have Oscar Isaac playing Poe, right? No, I have not seen Resistance. Although I've heard people are a little critical on Resistance because it's not Dave Filoni who did the other stuff. But I haven't seen it, so I can't judge. So uh, my my complaint was I wanted more tongue and cheeky humor. I and thought it was pretty funny. Pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, uh, I thought it was to to quote an old, a very old Simpsons line. It was funny, but it wasn't funny. Ha ha. What really? I mean, I feel like it, it was. was amu- there was some amusing stuff, and then I realized. Then I realized. Okay, it's not robot chicken Lego Star Wars. No, it's not that. But when you have, because well, I, mean, I don't know how far you got, but there's a moment where, like, um, basically because of the time travel element. Uh, Kylo is telling the Emperor. They're at the famous scene at the at the end of Return of the Jedi, where it's the Emperor's room at the uh, Death right. Star, and Kylo is basically like, "Yeah, you basically get thrown down this shaft from Darth Vader," um, and like he says something like, "You get thrown that shaft," and he looks at the camera and he's like, "And there's no coming back from that," which is basically <laughs> because most fans were like, "How the hell is the Emperor a lot?" Spoiler alerts: the Emperor comes back and rise in a. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. So, I mean, don't you feel that that's pretty tongue-in-cheek? That was pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty, like, that's exactly what you're talking about. When the first trilogy calls something called the Clone Wars, it's not inconceivable that the Emperor can clone himself or whatever. Oh, come on. Yeah, okay, yes, you are right, but it's a little... You didn't think it was... Okay, anyway. But he didn't just clone himself. He has all the memories and everything, and they say he's... It's ridiculous. (laughs) Death Star 2 joke was kind of funny because... For those of us who were around for the original trilogy's release, everybody thought this, that Empire was going to have a second Death Star. They saved that for the third movie, but it's still, that was kind of derivative. Yeah. And then the Starkiller Base thing, we, let's call it Starkiller Base. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right, and later. Used for the sequel trilogy. Right. Right, which is, you see, I thought that was all pretty funny. Like I, I thought the beginning was just too earnest for me. I wanted more tongue-in-cheeky. Whole, it got, it oh, got really, it gets really, you should finish it, because it gets pretty funny. I'll finish it. All right. Well, let's Again, wrap I'm this. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece. I just, I, I, you enjoyed it too, right, Libya? Yeah, I said it was great. I loved it. So, but yeah. let's wrap this one up. Let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery, which has completely kept up to pace. Like, every episode has been good. They haven't had any bad ones. And this this episode, the only thing this episode did which frustrated me was basic, and they did it on purpose, which was that oh, yeah. Michael frustrated me with her repeating her actions from the pilot, where she disobeys orders, 
and, and where Saru calls her on oh it. Oh my again. god! And it was just like I was like, Michael, don't do it, don't do it, Michael. Come on, we've gone past this. You've learned. You've mo- you've become a better person. And no, she has not. Rebels gotta rebel. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, I just, actually liked it. I, I liked it too. It just hurt my feelings. That's all. Uh, Al- uh, you, Allison, you said go ahead. Um, it didn't hurt my feelings because I feel like it did, um, exactly what it's supposed to do. They like, right from the get go, they told us that, um, Michael was going to be different. Um, like what I do, listen, I'm going to just state it. This is my favorite show right now, like period. And it was last year, I think as well. And I think with every season, there's always a little bit of that anxiety of like, where are they going to go? And is it going to be as good? And, you know, and so with the time jump, which was huge, I just, I think it hit the ground running. I think I mentioned the very first episode when I we talked about it. I actually didn't like the first 20, 30 minutes, and I thought, well, I don't know where this is going. So for me, it's all well within character, and it's moving the plot forward. I love that we now know she's going to be a rebel. She clearly, um, you know, when she took off the, the you know, the pin, I it was like, oh, you know, but like, I wasn't mad at her. I was like, you know, it seemed like a very natural development for her character on the show in, in everything that she was doing. She hooked up with that guy. She even reminded us, I love this about the writing. They definitely remind you of stuff. And they're like, see this, you know, we have every right to do this. When she was like, I was gone a year, you know, like, so they remind you that she was not Starfleet, that she had to adapt, that she, you know, hooked herself up with a a rebel. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they didn't set all the pieces up. I'm just saying I didn't like, I I mean, I'm here to, I was disappointed when Michael didn't become captain. So, but then I really like Saru. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Like, I really like Saru. So I'm not, but I'm just saying they're taking Michael in a direction and I'm not saying they didn't lay the groundwork for it, but I'm not sure I like where they're taking her. I know. I'm just giving you contrast. I love it. And I'm saying part of the reason why I love it is that they didn't, you know, spring it on you. But I'm not saying you have to like it. That's just literally where we have a difference of opinion and why I actually respect the show. I mean, you can dislike it. For me, I think it's hilarious that um, she's like this strong, super like, you know, rebellious, you know, child or whatever, you not child, but, you know, teenager kind of sort of just not listening to Saru and consistently being like, sorry, can't do it. Um, but it, yet every episode she cries, like every episode she's crying. <laughs> she's like the Demi Moore of like the 1990s. And it's kind of hilarious. Again, I don't dislike it. You know what I mean? But like Demi Moore cried in every movie she was in, like 16 movies in a row. And I, I'm not saying I don't like any of it. I'm saying overall. And the other thing, I just want to move on to the actual episode. Um, I love what they're doing with Giorgio. Like, I was wondering how they were going to incorporate her into it. I love that they've kind of become co-conspirators. And they're they're allowing, they're giving her more to do. And I like that we're going back to, like, their partnership. It's sort of like a motherly mentor. And at this point, she's actually kind of weakened by the the weird uh, brain kind of things and the whatever, the seizures whatever or whatever you want to call them. What did to her. What? Sorry? Yes, what exactly. Exactly. did to her. 
exactly. So I so I'll just wrap up by saying that I I just I love the pacing of it. I think like you said, every episode matters. Um, I love where they're taking her character. I love that they're giving Giorgio a lot to do this season, and the special effects. I I don't know if I got to mention this, but maybe I did. Um, this time, finally, because they jumped a thousand years, we're really definitely getting like the change in technology, and yeah, that that's was cool. a lot of fun. Yeah, when they upgraded the fun. ship, when they upgraded the ship I, to I the current tank, I was like, whoa! Like, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Last thing I'll, I'll end on humor, which is I love that that guy just randomly kept showing up in places because he can't figure out how to use his personal oh. transport. <laughs> that was pretty but good. And it was hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah, it's doing a really nice job, better than I had even anticipated. I mean, really. So I'm liking the show like crazy. All right, Tom, go ahead. No, I just a couple observations. Um, it took TNG and DS9 till season three to really kind of find their groove. And it's interesting that Discovery, while although very watchable in seasons one and two, this is more, it's, it's very Trek-like, which is was the complaint against the first two seasons. I agree. And um, <laughs> I think it's interesting that um, we now have to wonder who will be the new XO of Discovery. Now that it's some random character it. that we don't know, probably. One of the crew members. I don't think it's, it's, it's going to be a random character. I think well, it's going to be somebody we know. I think it's going to be one of the, I'm saying it's one of the bridge officers that we've been introduced to, but we don't really yes, know I them. I think it is. I think it's going to be that security officer from the, the from the current time. You know, the one that, like, introduced them to all the technology? No, I doubt Maybe it. Maybe the Admiral. Nah, nah, nah I don't think so. Shit. It's going it's no. to be one of the, it's going to be one of the crew that's on the, on the, because he keeps giving different people command of the ship when he goes and does stuff. So he's had like three different people take over when he's gone to do things. And it's characters that we've seen and I vaguely know their names. Uh, so the Asian dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want more representation. He needs more lines. I, 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 I think it's going to be one of those guys is the black woman, the Asian dude, and then the blonde chick. That's all I got. I don't know their names. So when he promotes one of them, we will then learn their name. Unless it's Tilly in unless There's Tilly no gets... way she's a lieutenant. You can't promote her to first officer. Uh yeah, you can. If you Battle Tilly uh, But Tilly like her strength is not there. command. Her strength is not command yeah. at all. Well, but the thing is, Exo's job isn't to command, it's to administrate. True, but that's that's not her I don't believe but, that, but that, that's I, where I they're love going. The, I love the comrade, the, the three in engineering, Tilly and the new the new girl. I can say that because she's supposed to be a teenager, and Stamets. They're just a hoot. Yeah. And and when you throw in Jet Reno, I'm like, <laughs> comedy gold. Yeah, that, that part is funny. I like it. All right, but let's move on. So thumbs up for Star Trek Discovery. I'm loving it, even though it's hurting my heart where Michael's going a little bit. All right, next up. We're going to talk about Barbarians, episode five and six, and this is the end of the season, because, uh, of course, it's only got six episodes, which I find super annoying, but uh, Yusin, you watched it as well, right? Yes, I did, and I'm, I'm just going to jump right in with what you, what you said about the six episodes. Of course, if it's a show that I love, why wouldn't I want more episodes? But here is where I feel like them Germans, they're very efficient. 
I like really respect that even though it was on Netflix, they were like, you know what? We can tell the story in six and like, it'll be action packed. It'll have so many consequences. Every episode's going to matter. So yes. Would I have enjoyed probably two more? I guess. I don't know if it were, unless it were filler, but um, I will just jump right in because I had, I finished the show. It was a sunrise show for me. And I know that a lot of people complain about Netflix and they turn off that like autoplay or the auto suggests or whatever, but I have to say hats off to Netflix because I absolutely positively Barbarians was not on my radar. I was watching something else fiddling around and all of a sudden the show started and I was like, what's this? Um, and it just grabbed me right from the beginning. So I watched all six episodes uh, in one sitting up until the sun rose. So, but I did for you guys review five and six. So it's incredibly fresh. So I'll just jump in there and say, um, at this point, like, again, I don't know what you guys talked about, you know, prior to this podcast, but in five, the, uh, and the strength of the show, they do so well. Not only is it the friendship of the three, it's the love triangle. And yeah. I have to say there are so many tropes with love triangles, you know what I mean? And right. usually one leg of the of the triangle is a little weaker you know it's more like a what's that one where there's like one like longer I don't know but anyway yeah but anyway so um uh for me though I've just just absolutely evenly divided between the three of the uh between the two guys you know what I mean they make a good case for both of them um it's very realistic you know uh at the beginning of that episode they decide that Arminus or Arminis or whatever just call him um, Ari 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 has Marry uh, the woman. I don't, it's terrible that I can't remember her name. But Grinelda, Grinelda, something Melda. It ends in a Melda kind of thing. I'm just gonna call her boss because she's amazing, she and is. I love. Other thing I love about this is she's such an equal. Now I, I know that it's a little bit easier because of her the culture and the you know, and who they are and they're warriors and all this stuff, but she's never a victim. Even in the, even in the episode, I don't know if it's five or six where she's the guy's attempting to rape her. And she is just like, Nope. I would have cut today. him. I would have cut, huh? cut him. I would have yeah, cut no, him. But- she, she beats him in the fight and she gets a, a knife to his throat. And then she's like, if you do this again, I'm going to kill. I was like, no, 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 no. You need to like cut off his ear. I understood why she didn't kill him. Like, I get it because he's the leader yeah. of his men. And like, I get that, but I ought to cut him. Just yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. But that's the other thing this show does really well is it's not just emotional. It's not just, like she's a political animal. Her father even said to her twice. Uh, and they show this again. Oh, they just back up their stuff. Um, he was like, you're, you're, you know, you're more like me than you know. And the show definitely shows us that, that she well, is I mean, willing. Be- and the show. Because she that. chooses. Because at first she's supposed to marry Ari just for political stuff, but then yeah. even when Forwick or whatever his name is, Fallwick, well, even when he comes Oakland. back, uh, she still chooses Ari because he's going to be king, yeah. and she yeah, wants to be a queen. Yeah, yeah, duty, honor, and 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 also personal gain for sure. But again, that's what I mean. She's not ever wilting flowers. She's never a damsel in distress, um, and she's not just passion and revenge. She she's also of the political mindset. Like she is a such a well rounded character so just moving forward uh i I will through the episode so they decide that she has to marry or they all decide that it's best and he has to pretend that he's still dead then he gets kidnapped and brought to the camp and then they go to the camp uh as like future king and queen oh i think they get married so they they're actually they're already married already 
Well, you don't need to go exactly. over. I don't. I don't want you to go yeah. plot point by plot point. I don't. No, 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 no. I'm just. I'm moving on though because it's important because it ends. I believe where he gets accused. This was amazing. Oh, that was Ari really good. Accused. Yes. So he's at the camp. I'm just trying to bring you to there. Um, he's at the camp now, and he puts forth the whole plot or the whole, you know, thing about how they're going to get attacked. And he convinces them to kind of, you know, go off course to, you know, stamp this rebellion. And then of the woman, the queen's father is the one that tries to well, reveal he's that always, he's a traitor. Like my whole thing about that is he's the one that betrayed them before. He's the reason why Four Weeks' whole family got crucified. Why are you going over your military plans with that dude sitting there? Like, yeah, that, that, that was, was my that was... issue. My whole issue yeah. was, you might tell him we we're going to do it, but you don't go over your plans with that dude. You can't trust him. No, so, what would have been great is if they gave him a false plan. Do you know what right, I mean? Like, if exactly. They knew, like, yeah. If they... The trope. So I don't. I I agree. Like after everything happened, I thought for sure he'd walk into camp and be like, "You prison." You know what I mean? Like we won't kill you, but there's a hut over there that you're going to be living in for the next three months. So I agree with you. That was a little bit of a falter. But let's go to six. So the the battle was amazing. That was really and, you know, good. That was really yes, good. They talk about Braveheart. They talk about Game of Thrones and the whatever that big battle everybody talked about. Um, this is obviously a much smaller production. It's European. They committed. I thought uh, the fight sequences were amazing. Again, uh, boss lady, she's my boss. She like is absolutely pivotal in all of it. Um, so yeah, so just kind of finishing up towards the end, I will say this about the show. I love the way they left it. Um, again, like the way they allowed them to win. I mean, I, I know that Allison mentioned that this is full on, you this know, is, this uh, happened for real, right? It's yeah, historical. Yeah. What I'm saying is I don't know if we know exactly, you know, how they were saved, but the fact that the rain and the arm, all of it was so legitimate. And then at the very end, I'm allowed to say it, right? Because yeah, spoilers, yeah, we don't care. Yeah. So it was so powerful at the end because his father, his um, surrogate father, his Roman surrogate father, the, the, the again, the piece is so big, especially uh, it, that scene, but the whole show. And then they do these really tight, tender moments. And when the camera focuses on his surrogate father's face, when he realizes that his son is betraying him. And then this is what I love. The, I love this narrative. I love this plot. Instead of making him like commit, you know, patricide and like this whole thing he doesn't have to kill his surrogate father he you know he falls on his sword and the look on his face of like disappointment and betrayal super powerful so yeah. i loved the show and it definitely set itself up for a, a second season what with her being pregnant the two with the friends wrong guys kid yes Yes, all of it. So what a great job. Tight, exciting. It was such a lovely surprise. And those Germans, first with the dark and now with the barbarians. And, I'm and really I have to say, the guy to... playing Ari, he is one of the best actors I've seen in television. Oh, good. He is yeah. really good. So do not be afraid of the subtitles. It's fantastic. No. No, it's great. And last thing I want to say, though, is the acting. I mean, we talk, you touched on it with him. They're great all across the board. It's solid, He's, solid They acting. are all solid, but I'm telling you, like, this would be, that was an Emmy performance. Like, he needs I an agree. Emmy. Um, all right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about the season 15 series finale of Supernatural. And Tom... Oh, 
And oi, that's all you have to say? I, I mean, will say you you skipped. You haven't seen everything, right? Oh yeah. Well, I stopped watching the show every week. It was either eight or seasons season eight or nine because yeah. there, I mean, there was yes. a five year plan. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. You have to explain to me. Plan. And once they went beyond five years, they started repeating tropes. I popped in for special episodes like uh, Scooby Natural, brilliant. Yeah. Episode three hundred. Not brilliant. <laughs> um, the finale was the textbook definition of anticlimactic. Yeah. I mean, they literally wrapped up the big arc stories the week Epif- before. Yeah, episode before was the big how do we defeat Chuck and God and all this other stuff. That all got wrapped up last week. Everybody, all the extra characters were already dead. The only people that we've known from the show who's still alive are Sam and Dean. And then the, this episode is just like, I was confused. It's like first. a case of the week. Yeah, it was a case in, of the week. I was like, what's happening? With, with with Dean being impaled, impaled Impala, coincidence? I think not. Um, <laughs> I just thought that was a weak way for him to go. I mean, it's it's like the equivalent of Captain Kirk being crushed by a bridge in Generations. It was, it, yeah, he didn't die saving, but I think that was kind of the point. He didn't die saving the world. He didn't die doing anything epic. He just died doing his job. Was where they were, that was the message that they were trying to convey, and I get it. But, and and then his speech to his brother was like 10 minutes long. Like, I was like, who die, Who takes that and, long and, to and die, we get, right? We get, the, we get the flash forward with Jared Padalecki in the worst que- wig you've ever que- seen in your questionable life. Old age makeup and wigs. Questionable. It was terrible. <laughs> the, the, when he shows I up, was and I was charitable. <laughs> <laughs> His, first of all, his outfit looked ridiculous. His wigs were so bad. I was like, what is happening? Why? What? And then there was, I was like, is that old folk makeup? Like, what is happening? Like, I, it was like a joke. It was like, like, I couldn't even take that scene seriously at all. It was bad. It was really bad. I um, thought it was interesting, though, that after after the main episode was over, they had a short video with the boys and the cat, the, the oh, rest saying of saying goodbye, the, yeah, thanking everybody for watching. Yeah. Which you rarely don't get that for series finales, but yeah, as a series finale, it was it was disappointing. It was the only thing it, I will admit I did get I still a, little, a little for clip though. I was about to say I did cry. I will say that as 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 generic as it was when they said goodbye to each other, it was it was a little emotional. And then when they meet again in heaven and have this big hug, I was like, I got a little emotional there too. So I will get, but I mean, if I didn't care about these characters, I wouldn't be watching it for 15 seasons. So I already care about these guys. And by the characters, you mean the actors who embody the characters. No, I I don't necessarily know the actors. So I'm going to say the characters. I'm like, for real. Um, So I've, I've gotten to really care about them. And I care about their relationship. The only thing I feel like I got was Castiel, I don't think, got a good send-off. His send-off was pretty bad. Um, but well, it's, it's the second time he died, so... Well, it's the, the fifth time he... Like, all of them have died a lot. Multiple times, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, I didn't feel, I think, what I was supposed to feel for the Castiel death. And then Jack just went off to become God, which felt like, what... Uh, so that was really my reaction to that. And then this, they all end up in heaven. Because Jack fixed heaven. Because heaven used to suck. And Jack apparently fixed heaven. 
in a way that made it cool for the boys and just like okay whatever i'm disappointed with supernatural that they i mean no i didn't watch supernatural but isn't what's her name from walking dead from supernatural maggie Kim um, dickens maggie wasn't she on it not for the finale no no but wasn't she on the show yeah they didn't bring her back for the finale well she died in like season three f so f it was uh no <laughs> wait she died yes I've season three she dies because she sold her soul to to a demon and at the end of her deal she dies oh okay i forgot that yeah. i just remember that i was like oh isn't she from isn't that like one of her first roles is that show like so that's why i was thinking like yeah it, that is correct that is that is one of her first roles but anyway uh like i said i, I think tom nailed it as a as a series finale it was mediocre and and not the greatest but it did get me in the feels so there you go all right so next up we're going to talk about young sheldon and peter since you're up why don't you tell us what you thought of this week's episode of sheldon trying to be independent and learning how to ride a bike and doing things for himself (laughs) and not being treated like a baby well i think the big thing that i like about um when they deal with that isn't really sheldon even though yes correct it originally starts with he's i think he's trying to he figures out how far away is it his classes or his way to work yeah his classes right so his way to work he's 10 not work i'm sorry not work (laughs) um and eventually it leads to learning to ride a bike and eventually like you know is um is sheldon's mom is she still treating him like a baby and stuff and to be honest That's actually one of my, yeah, the answer is yes. And that's actually some of my favorite parts about young Sheldon is when the mom and dad kind of go head to head on how much the mom coddles him because mm-hmm. we kind of under we kind of, we absolutely get where the dad's coming, bu- coming from, but I actually have a lot of sympathy for the mom because she has such a care for Sheldon and she's so like overprotective, even to the point where it's kind of like to a fault. So honestly, that's usually that was actually my favorite part of the episode more than the actual even though i love the actor that plays young sheldon and stuff my favorite stuff is really more about the parents um but i thought it was it was good yeah it's a great cast uh it is yeah my absolute favorite joke in the entire show and it's a visual joke is after he crashes the bike because the neighbor's chicken gets o- away, <laughs> the next door neighbor comes over with fried chicken. Says, "Happen <laughs> again." That was wait, so wait, wait, what wrong. Wait, wait, what was the joke? Wait, the joke's wait, wait, like wait, wait, this, this will never, never happen, happen again, and she has fried chicken, so she's yes, obviously chicken. killed the chicken. Oh. <laughs> and, fried chicken. I want to give a shout out. My my buddy Jeremy Howe directed that episode. He's also on the writing staff. But I thought, I mean, it's such a great ensemble cast. And part of the strength is everybody's so good, including all the kids and the extended cast. Yeah. That yeah, was a little I, disturbing, though. I was like, wasn't that chicken her son's pet? Like, oh, no. Yeah. I died laughing. <laughs> Uh, any other thoughts before we move on? I mean, I like this episode. It was fun. It was a fun episode, but that was about it. All right. Next up, we're going to talk about, uh, transplant. And this episode was, we haven't talked about transplant in a while because it's been on hiatus for a bit. And it comes back with, uh, God, uh, what's his name? Bash. Bash. Thank you, Bashir. 
uh, his one of his friends that we met in the first couple episodes, who do, who's undocumented, he shows up and he's got all these injuries, and he's like, "Oh, I just fell," and blah blah blah. And then the police is looking for him, and it's a whole thing. And I I get the point is basically that undocumented workers are so afraid of being deported that they're willing to risk their health and their life and stuff like that. And they'll take all this abuse. And so the episode actually, I like the twist that the cop wasn't there to arrest him. I thought that that was a really good, because the first, in the first episode, they made the cop seem like, um, kind of jerks, just like, was it the same? Was it the same? It wasn't the same cop. It was not the same cop. It was not the same cop at all. So I actually like that they showed this cop to be like a, kind of a good guy. He's like, look, this dude has a history of hiring undocumented workers and he abuses them and beats them and does all this stuff and we want to take him down. And like, that's all we care about. And I was like, all right. Um, so I like that, but I am kind of over his friend, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It, it Just because it's, it's the same beat every yes. time. Yes. And the only difference in this one is that they weren't there for him. Although it was interesting to find out what the the hospital's policies are exactly, that they can't lie, and that as long as he's in the hospital, he's protected. Right. So, I mean, what, one of the cool things about the show is finding out how the Canadian medical system works different from the U.S. medical system. Right, right. I did like some of the other stories. I liked the uh, the other doctor, whatever her name is that I'm blanking on, the redhead. The um, one that correctly predicted that that is going to end up with Bashir. <laughs> yes, uh, um, but I like her. You think that all of this stress that she's putting herself under is going to affect her heart? Because we found out a couple episodes she has got a heart condition. But mm-hmm. you're like, nope, it's just the stress and a, and a pacemaker. Oh yeah, and a pacemaker. And they're like, nope, it's just the stress. You put yourself under too much stress. You're dehydrated. You're doing this. And I like that the doctor just kind of told her, like, maybe the, the ER is not for you. Maybe you should just do, like, he's like, you're brilliant. I'm not saying you can't be a doctor, but maybe you should be in the office. Maybe, like, he gave her all these options, and she was just so resistant to it. And I don't understand. I think part of it is I get that she's motivated and everything, and she wants to be the best, but I don't understand her hunger for being in the ER. Like, what's that about? Did you get a feeling? Yeah, I, I think a lot of it's ha- about a pride and trying to overcome her her, uh, her difficulties. I really liked the uh, the black female doctor and her security guard boyfriend. I love the fact that she's finally willing to be a little bit more public in their relationship. Yes, I like her a lot, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, all the cast members are really interesting. It's, it's fun to see Canadians actually get to play Canadians for a change. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, I like her and I, and her father comes back talking about, I just want to talk to you. I don't want anything. And of course he did want something, which was her prediction. She was like, you didn't just come here for nothing. You came here with an agenda. And he's like, oh no, 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 I'm just doing my 12 steps. And no, he wanted, he did want something. Um, it's a dire thing that he wants. He's like, he's dying from stomach cancer. But he, for some reason, thought she could grease the wheels and make it easier and save his life and do something. I don't know what she thought he was going to be able to do, but it was really disappointing to see he did have an agenda. Yeah, but it is a TV show, so tropes are us. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to put that on a (laughs) t-shirt? 
Um, so yeah, what'd you th- overall? It was it was uh, it was not my favorite episode to be honest. It wasn't my favorite episode, but still, I really like this show. I like the cast. Right. I mean. Uh, so next up, I guess we talk about Blackish. Uh, Peter, did you? See Blackish this week? No, I haven't seen this whole season. I know you liked one episode, but then you didn't like another. But I know I haven't. I haven't caught up. I haven't seen it in a while. How am I watching more comedies than you? How is that possible? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's playing more video games than you. That's true. Well, well I don't know, man. Right now, we're both <laughs> playing Valhalla about the same rate. But uh, Tom, go ahead. What did you think about Blackish? I'm just glad we're off the COVID episodes because I'm getting kind of tired of. All well, except that they had a very risky Thanksgiving. Oh no, it was a wedding. Well, they, it was a wedding. They started. Well, it wasn't it? Wasn't Thanksgiving? It was the wedding? Yeah, it was a wedding, right? right. And, the, and the wedding was socially distanced. It would have been helpful if they had shown that all the family members had gotten COVID tests, not just uh, Danny Glover. Right. But that was just know, a lot of people at their house. I was like, oh, it made me very uncomfortable. It was, yeah, especially for LA County. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh. Um, but I did, I did like them renewing their vows. I did like. Oh, uh, it wasn't just renewing their vows; they had to get remarried. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because I, I forgot <laughs> about that. Yeah, that's true. And then I liked how they stopped Junior. They were like, "Junior, stop!" Yes, 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 yes. And I, I also liked that they got Zoe back home for this. Well, for the yeah, it makes sense for she would be there for the wedding. But it was, it was so funny. She was like, "So I don't even need to bother to find out her name because he's about to go propose." Okay, I won't even worry about it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, but I like that the dad was just like, stop. He's like, you don't need to rush this. You don't need to ask her to marry you. You're okay. Um, and she, and the, the girlfriend did look scared when he said something that made it look like he was getting... She was like, whoa. I wish they'd give her a little more agency. She's she's a primary cast member this year, and yet she still... She, she, doesn't, she almost always revolves around Junior, and that's a weakness for shows a lot of times with female characters is they're all about being in the man's orbit. So oh, they, I didn't know she was a regular. I don't even oh, know her they, name. They, Olivia they, or something? In, oh. Oh, okay. Um, so. What else happened and, in the episode? And the stuff at the agency was funny as usual. <laughs> oh, oh, right. They were talking about having guests at their house. <laughs> yes, about the rules and, and kicking them out and at what, and what time and then how they actually murder them perhaps. <laughs> yeah, that was a little scary. Uh, so, yeah, Blackish uh, was good. All right, uh, next up, we're going to talk about La Revolution, and we're going to talk about episodes three and four. And, Tom, you're going to lead us on this, because I've, I've seen those episodes two weeks ago. So We're in France. There are vampires or undead <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this was the big breakout. They did the big three and four. The innocence. Uh, episode three was called the innocence, and the brotherhood brotherhood convinces Joseph to help them infiltrate the prison. Right. This is and, the big prison um, break. The prison break, and then uh, chapter four is the executioners and Donatian, the uh, the for- formerly cripple, uh, becomes a blue blood. Well, and... he he became a blue blood. Two episodes ago, like we at the end of the episode, the blue blood in like episode three. Well, or, oh, or no, it was end, the end of episode two. End of episode two. Yeah, because his father gives him the blood and, and then murders him, <laughs> and he comes back. 
but oh man, yeah. Um I the the prison break was pretty good cuz they all the plan was a good plan and it just went off the rails very yep. quickly. You know, like the be- that was literally an example of the best laid plans and how they fail. Uh, but I actually felt annoyed that the the aristocratic woman that I can't think of her name, she was the prisoner for almost the whole episode. She gets taken prisoner because she believes that the brother is a good guy and she goes to meet him and he immediately kidnaps her, chains her up. So she knows she can't trust him. And then she sees him again in the alleyway and she's like, oh my God, it's you. And I was like, did you not learn what just happened five minutes ago? Like, what are you doing? So I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, I felt like she didn't learn anything from him capturing her. I was a little annoyed. You're talking about uh, Albert or whatever his name is? No, the woman, I'm, when she's Elise. reacting to him. Elise. Yes, the, I don't remember the... anyone's name. I'm reading subtitles. I have time to learn people's names. <laughs> uh, well, I'm page, which got all their names. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I didn't like the fact that she fell into his trap, which was understandable, because she didn't know that he would have a reason to be mad at her. So I get how she fell into that trap. But then when they run into each other in the alley after the prison break, she should have been like, you know, backing away from him, whatever. And she fell right in the trap again. Like she got captured. It happened three times. She, she tries, she almost escapes on her own. He, she runs into him. He takes her gun. She gets captured again. Then they run into each other in the alleyway and she watches him come back from the dead but she still doesn't react like, oh, this guy's my enemy. I was very frustrated by that. Well, because they used to be, you know, fond of each other. Okay, once you chain me up, put me in a coffin alive, I feel like that's over. That relationship is done. <laughs> I feel like that's that's donezos. But, but he's still kind of no, hot. No, take it. <laughs> uh, for me, episode four, where they, uh, where they, where they murder the priest, holy crap. Literally. <laughs> so are you you still are enjoying this the series overall then? Yeah, but it was just such a hor- horrific way to kill a dude. I mean, especially a man of God. Because usually in horror movies, a church is sacred ground, a safe place, right? And not only was this not safe, it basically be you know it becomes the house of the Lord becomes a horse house of horrors almost. Well, so, I mean, I don't know how much sympathy I have. That I mean, the priest, he ended up getting a, involved in a lot of stuff that he shouldn't have got involved in. Well, he was basically a good guy. Overall, yes. He helped, but he, he, helped he, he the helped, dad. Yeah, he helped a lot of people he shouldn't have helped, I think. Father Maxence. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the show, but I'm not... I'm hooked and not hooked. So like, that's for sure. Yes, that's true too. But I think part of my issue is why I'm not, I'm having a hard time keeping up is that I'll watch an episode. I was like, Oh, that's good. And then I'll forget about it for a while. And then you'd be like, Hey, we got to watch some more episodes. And I'll be like, Oh yeah, but I'd rather watch this other show. And then I'll watch the other show first. Five, five and six kind of really pushed the plot forward a little bit. So how many is there? Eight. Is that what's there's eight? Okay. All right, well, I guess that's what we're doing next week.
All right, next up, we're going to talk about The Mandalorian. (laughs) Jinx. (laughs) So uh, this week's episode, I I called it. I was talking to Peter, and Peter was like, oh, we're going to get a a Sokotanu. And I was like, no, we're not. And he was like, how do you know? And I was like, because the show is always doing side missions. It's like a video game. You have your main (laughs) mission, but you got to do a couple of side missions before you can go back to your main mission. So I knew that we weren't going to get her on this episode. And the first thing they say is like, oh, my ship is broken. I have to go get it repaired. And then he goes to get it repaired. It's like, oh, why are you getting your ship repaired? Let's go do this side mission where we go and break into this uh, Imperial base. And I was like, of course we're going to break into an Imperial base. All right. Uh, And I thought this episode was okay, mainly because I was looking forward to the main plot continuing. And instead, we got this, so I was a little disappointed. But Peter, you were not. Tell us why. Um, I thought it had four, um, four television shows, especially, even though, you know, that word is, is is really becoming pointless these days because when when Disco and Mando, the O's, um, when these shows have really pretty big budgets, you know, posts like Game of Thrones. Um, but the big the big chase scene with the speeder bikes. And that toy that I used to have a kid, a kid <laughs> the Imperial Troop Transport, little Troop Transport, like it's a pretty good chase scene. I was, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not saying it's a super complicated plot. And you're right, it still falls into the same problem with Mando that I have overall with the show is that it's always just he makes a stop and then he's got to do a favor, and we're just like, oh come on, like, um, but. But but I I like Carl Weathers I like Gina Carano so I like seeing those characters again um, I like that the the heist of sorts is at an imperial base thing I like seeing that we did get a little hint of a little more story about the child and what the Imperials are are kind of trying to do um, and also it's only like thirty four minutes so I don't think it's it doesn't over- overstay its welcome. Um, so yeah, I I uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I I would I would have put on the if the next episode was available, I would have watched it immediately. I'm not saying I wouldn't have watched the next episode. I just I I am just getting side mission fatigue already. Yeah, I I totally agree. Uh, yes, I agree. One thing I like about Mandalorian, the episodes are as long as they need to be. If they need yeah. to be 34 minutes long, they're 34 minutes. If they need to be 50 some minutes long, they're 50 some minutes. They don't try to pad them. Like many of the shows we've covered recently, where it's like, dude, you didn't have that much story. So they don't have that pressure. I, I feel like we're sort of all on the same page. I feel like um, watching Disco and Mando, I think I watched them in the same day, maybe like an hour or two apart. And this episode, I, I liked more than several of them. I don't know. It was definitely on the more fun side for me because it was very reminiscent of the movies. You know, the, you know, the imperial and you know invading an imperial base where no stormtrooper can hit the side of a barn. I mean, that kind of. A- <laughs> smile i was like no one even got like a shoulder hit or like a you know nothing you know i mean i just was like really but i don't know if they did that tongue-in-cheek but i took it as that because i was like well this is what we expect from our stormtroopers i mean they were so (laughs) outmanned they were so outmanned and they're not even gonna like just a little you know ricochet something um so to me it played like the movies but we've seen nine of them now the movies so i just i feel like they're trying to make it seem more Star Warsy, 
like heavily with the chase and that they even went, you know, chase through the cavern, you know, all of that stuff. But I've seen it all in the movies. So, you know, for me, watching the two of them really emphasized for me. I was like, yeah, I really like disco way better. I'm like, disco's a better show. So Mando's fun. Um, certainly I have a lot, a lot of, of good feelings towards the, the whole, you know, Star Wars in general. I am a big fan. Um, they tried to make Yoda, I mean, baby Yoda cute again, and I'm sorry, but I have been waiting all season and there have been many more appropriate times for him to use the force for, but for him to steal cookies from us. Oh, that baby no, Yoda, he's such a rascal. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They tried to make him cute again, you know, and he was definitely, definitely cute. The the special effects on him are fantastic. I don't know. Are they puppetry? Is it is it all it's CGI? Both. It's both. It's, it's both. both. Yeah. So it's, they, it's great. I keep trying to, like, find a place in it where I'm like, oh, it looks terrible. He's adorable. Um, but I did laugh because I was like, seriously, you're going to steal some cookies? Uh, we could have used the force, like, every episode. So, <laughs> can I, can I um... Can I interrupt? You know, so, wait, wait, wait. Go, go, go ahead, Peter, real quick. I wanted to say that I agree with you, Sin, about that overall, even though I'm behind on disco, and I'll tell you why in a second, even though I'm behind on disco, I would agree that disco has a much more compelling seasonal arc. It is much more like, oh, yeah, I, I'm, this is a really cool idea of jumping 900 years in the future, and like, I love the world and the production value. So, absolutely. Um, but I will say, and then you see, you can go back. The biggest problem I have with disco, and I'm realize I'm only realizing this right now, is that, and 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 Libya knows I do like disco. I, I like the cast. It's I wish the episodes were shorter. I wish they were 43 minutes. When I hit play, and I'm like an hour. I'm like, come on, like it's that to me is the problem actually, and that's probably why I'm behind on disco. If those episodes were 35, 40 minutes, I would have been speeding by. Like, and that's the one thing Mando has. It's it's like it never overstays its welcome. It's like it like what did Tom say? It's it's the story, it's the time it needs to be. I, and I, I have to I, say I, the, the the disco episodes don't feel padded though. You might be looking at it saying it's an hour, but they're not padded. No, they aren't. I'm not I'm not lying. They, no, they really I'm saying are. it's not a padded story. I'm saying oh, right. I'm saying the story has been so good, you will not realize you've been watching it an hour. Yeah, I think I it's well. It's it's it, it's so paced so well, and the action sequences. This was a perfect example to watch both of them to compare because they were both very action heavy. You know, they were rescuing um, someone, and I, it's it's weird. I agree with Peter in the sense that they don't pad it, but I feel like Discovery is is as long as it should be. So you, yeah. you know what I mean. So like I. You know, I have to agree with Libya. It doesn't feel padded. Anyway, but so uh, I don't remember what I was saying. Somebody else keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Carl Weathers directed this episode of Mandalorian. Oh, I did way. see that. I did yeah, see I that. Yeah, that too. Great. I thought it was good. I mean, good direction. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap this up. I think we're overall saying thumbs up-ish for Mando. Uh, we're, we're still, we're, we're in for the ride. We're not quitting or anything. Alright, if you guys have any questions or comments, leave them at tvcampfiregmail.com, follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on getthepointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Wheatonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye! Bye-bye! Bye-bye!